Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching.
joy through the ages to sing of his love
this morning, Lord Jesus. And you're so worthy of praise. And you're so, so good to us. May we never, ever lose the wonder trying to figure out everything that you are. We're thankful, Father, that you invite us this morning to come and reason together with you. That you give us your Holy Spirit, our helper and teacher, to bring us into all truth. We're thankful too this morning, Father, that we have an opportunity to walk out our calling as stewards and that we can give just a portion of what you've given to us. Since our ushers come forward, we'll begin our offering, Father. We pray that you will bless it, that you will multiply it, Lord. We trust you with it. We're but a vapor. And you're worthy of it all. We give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Because he's just so worthy, he is so good, always worthy of our, our love and, and our affection. Um, usually share this at the end of the service, but uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and mention this right now and share this with you folks. You know, last Sunday we had a couple of families to come and to unite with our church family and to uh, make their uh, their time here and and their lives here what I call official as uh, as members of our church and and so today uh, I want to introduce you to my my brother uh, Tom Winston and uh, uh, Tom sits right here usually here in the front go ahead and raise your Tom your hand Tom Tom Winston right there and uh, Tom's been visiting our church for two or three months two months now and uh after class Wednesday night, was that when you came to me and said, "Brother, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is this is where God wants me." And so He used some things, actually, I think, in our teaching and, and the heart of our teaching, and and just God just confirmed that this is where you want to make. This is your church home and your church family. So uh, let's let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for Tom's decision to come and unite with our church family, and. Uh, when the service is over, please go by and, and just tell Tom, say, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm glad you're here, brother, and uh, uh, God's just been really good to us, really, really good to us. I want to invite you to do something today. I just want to invite you to kind of just bow your heads, just kind of close your eyes for a second, okay? And I want to invite you to uh, just go to that place in your spirit where you talk to God. And just be still for a second. And let him speak into your life. What is he saying? What is he confirming? What distractions... What distractions does, does his voice have to work through to speak to your life? And in this we rest today. I rest in this today. That there is a God 
I'm not him. And you don't have to have a, a minister or a preacher to speak God into your life. That God can do that all by himself. And I rest in that. That he is sufficient within himself to do in your life what he needs to do. But I also take great joy that he could use us today to open up his written word, to reveal the living word, and to speak truth into our lives. Through human instrumentation, he does that. And he does that through your life. You are a vessel and an instrument in the hands of God that he can speak love and life into the lives of other people that you come into contact with. You're as anointed for this as anybody else is. And he can use your life in that way. Father, as we just bow in your presence this morning and we recognize that you you live in us. And Father, even for those who are searching today who haven't come to that place of faith and trust yet, you knock at the door of their heart, you, you extend yourself to them uh, to come in, uh, to take up residence, to change them, to give them your spirit. And perhaps, Father, there is a soul here in this place who has yet to make you real in their lives. To do as Bobby did. To confess, to accept, to surrender, and to trust you with their lives. Father, as we come to your word, we are reminded of the heart of the Apostle Paul. A heart to be all things to all people. God fashion our hearts in the same way. He said, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a slave to all so that I may win more. To the Jews, I became as a Jew so that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, though not myself being under the law, so that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that I may by all means save some. Father, we give this time to you this morning, Lord. We trust your spirit to be our teacher. Your word will be our guide. 
and Jesus is our life. So speak fresh and speak new. Empower us and continue to be uh, honored and be glorified and receive our worship even in this time we worship you. With our heart, with our mind, with our attention, with our focus, and with our lives, God. We trust you with this time. And I pray this in Jesus' name and amen. You know, Jesus really does like you. He really does. Jesus really likes you. Uh, I could probably say, you know, Jesus loves you. And I think everybody would say, yeah, Jesus loves me. But Jesus, Jesus really does like you. And, and Jesus thinks you're worth it. He really does. I mean, he really thinks you, you are worth it. And, and some of you are automatically thinking, you're, you're going, yeah, Jesus, Jesus thinks I'm worth it to the point that he was willing to die. That he was willing to die on the cross for me. And yes, he believes that you're worth that. Uh, you might go, well, let's just take this a step further. That Jesus, Jesus believes that I'm worth it to the point that he'd be raised from the dead. And that he would give me his very life, his spirit, to live inside of me. And we'd say yes, yes and amen. Jesus loves you that much. He, he thinks you're worth it to the point that he would die. That he'd be buried, that he'd be raised, that he would put his spirit, his life inside of you. That he would give you his spirit. But did you know that Jesus believes and believed that you're worth it to the point that he was willing not just to die and not just to be raised from the dead and to live forevermore in you by his spirit. But Jesus believes and believed you, you are worth it. To the point that he was willing to change. He was willing to change. Change is not an easy thing. Really for most of us. In fact, the older that we get, it seems to be more difficult to change. We get established in routines. We get established in certain habits. Uh, we have certain systems in our lives. And the older we get and the more entrenched and ingrained in those patterns and in those routines that we, be, we, we find ourselves in. I can even think back as a kid growing up. I think about some of the routines and patterns of my grandparents' lives. Things that I just count on for them. Things that they did on a routine, regular basis. The older we get, it seems that we become more resistant to change. So if somebody comes along to you. And they suggest change. Some of us just get all kinds of sideways. When we think about needing or having to change. But I want you to know today that, that Jesus. Jesus believed that you were worth it to the point. That he was willing to change. He was willing to adapt. He was willing to be, listen to this, he was willing to be what you needed him to be. In this series, All Things to All People, we've been talking about what it means to have a missionary spirit. A spirit that, that loves people, that cares about people. A, a spirit that's willing to meet people at the point of their need. And a spirit that says, hey... 
whatever you need me to be in your life, I'll be that for you. I will adapt. I'll be flexible. I'll adjust. I will change. I will, I will meet you at the point of your need. Paul was able to say that when he said, hey, I, for the weak, I, I became weak to the Jew. And, and you think about Paul, who grew up as a Jew, came out of Judaism when he found faith in Christ. He, he uh, was no longer under the law, but under grace. And, and Paul, he moved out of Judaism, but yet for the gospel to go to the Jew first, Paul would go right into those synagogues, every city he went into, and there in those places, he said, to the Jew I was to the Jew what the Jew needed. I spoke to them the way they needed to be spoken to. I connected to them the way they needed somebody to connect with them. I was willing to be for the Jew what the Jew needed me to be. That I might win the Jew. And to the Greek or to the Gentile, the very same thing. Even last week, we looked at the freedom that a believer has in Christ. First Corinthians chapter 8. The, the believer's freedom. And you see Paul exercising his freedom in Christ. But yet in his freedom. He chose to be flexible. He chose to, to adjust. He chose to change. So that he could love his weaker brother even more. By not putting a. A, 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 a rock of stumbling or not doing something that would cause his brother to stumble. We talked about all that last week. But he changed. He was constantly evolving. He was constantly moving. Change is not an easy thing for us at all. But the Apostle Paul had that heart to change, to meet people at the point of their need, to be for them what they needed him to be. And his heart, his heart, was for people to know Christ's love. Now, this is a very convicting message to me. It really is. Because I think about, you know, the routines, the habits, the things that, that are in my life. I think about places that I go, things that I do. Uh, I tend to be tunnel vision. I, I, do you guys ever get tunnel vision? You go to Walmart and you're like, I've got one thing I want to do at Walmart. I don't want anybody to distract me. I don't want anybody getting in my way. I mean, I, in fact, I, I go through the automotive section at Walmart. I'll, I'll park back there where you get your oil changed and I'll go in that door to go get something out of the pharmacy. So I don't run into people. And I, and I know that. There's a good possibility that I could be there all day. but So I fly in, I fly out. I, I go to the gas station. I've got three or four gas cans. I need to gas up uh, to mow the yard to get stuff done around the house. I am like tunneled vision. I want to get there. I want to do it. I, I gas it up. I fill, fill up the cans. I put them in the truck, and I'm out of there. I go to a ball game. I want to watch the ball game. Tunneled vision. Some of you go to school, you got classes to go to, you got friends to see, tunnel vision. You are, you are about the thing that's in front of you. Even yesterday, I was doing something that's completely, completely out of my comfort zone. And I was doing this in a sea of people. And I'm just like, people, get out of my way. I have got some things I've got to do. I am a very busy man, and I see people 
sometimes as obstacles. This message is very convicting because I think the, the, the heart of this is, is, is about, it's about people. It's about having a heart to impact the lives of people. And you cannot impact the lives of people unless your life rubs against their life. It requires change. It requires adapting. It requires being flexible. It requires being for other people, not what you want them to be or what you want to be, but you being what they need you to be. Paul had that spirit. He had that heart. That's how he did his life. That's how he did his ministry. And Paul would even go on in that section of Scripture from like 8 to 11. And Paul would even say in 1 Corinthians, and he would even say, And be imitators of me. Pattern your lives to change, to be flexible, to adapt, to be what other people need in that moment that they might know the love of Christ. But this is more than Paul's heart. This is really this is really the heart of Jesus. Because Jesus loved us enough and thought we were worth it enough that he himself would change, he became flexible, he adapted. John tells us this in John chapter 1. John's gospel is a unique gospel. It's one of my favorite gospels. It's different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Because in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those gospel writers were really interested in what Jesus said, what Jesus did, where Jesus went. And for the most part, for the most part, they pretty much gave you kind of a chronological walkthrough of the life of Jesus. But when you get to the gospel of John, John's heart is not to tell you what Jesus said, what he did, or where he went. John's heart is to tell you who Jesus is. So his gospel is really built around themes in regards to who Jesus is. Jesus would say, I am the light of the world. Jesus would say, I am the bread of life. John was interested not so much in what Jesus did but who Jesus is. So in John chapter 1, he starts his, and it's really neat that we, that this was one of the, the worship songs this morning. And this was not by design. Rarely are these, but I'm sitting there going, you are the what in the beginning? You were the, in the beginning, that, the, the beautiful name song that we sang this morning. You were the word of the beginning. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, John writes and he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The way he starts this off is going to make you think of Genesis chapter 1, uh, the beginning of the Pentateuch, uh, the Torah, the law that you find in your Old Testament. Because in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1 starts and, and it goes like this, in the beginning, What? In the beginning, what or who? In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God, what? Created the heavens and the earth. John, in his prologue, 
He starts in the very same way. The language is identical in the beginning, which is going to cause you to, to go, yeah, in the beginning, fill in the blank, in the beginning, God. But no, John says, wait a minute, in the beginning was the word, the logos, the very, the very essence, the spoken essence and being of God himself. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And then he says this about the word. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So the word here is the agent by which God creates everything. All things made by him. All things made for him. The word. He sits above, separate from, and outside of creation. The word does. He has a front row seat to all of creation. He's outside. He's above it. It, it comes from him. All things that are in existence, that they, they come from his being. He is the agent by which God has made all things, including you who sit in your chair right now. He's got a front row seat to everything. He's the creator. All of creation comes from him. So he sees everything. Everything about your life. Everything about my life. Every joy that you have. Every uh, happy occasion of your life. Front row seat. He sees all of humanity. He saw it there in the garden with Adam and Eve. He saw the fall. He saw the, the pain of their choices. He saw the beginning of the nation of Israel. With Abraham the patriarch of all patriarchs. He knows Moses. He heard the prayer of the Israelites, 400 years of slavery in Egypt. The judges, the kings, the prophets. He sees it all. Front row seat to all the pain, all the suffering, all the challenge, everything. Front row seat to it all because he is outside of creation. Creation comes from him. He is not a created being. But all of creation comes from him. But then in verse 14 of the same chapter, John tells us that he does the unthinkable. John says in chapter 1, verse 14, this word, this, this essence of God, who is personal, he calls him he, the word became. And I want you just to, to dwell on that word for just a second, okay? It's between the two highlighted words, word and flesh. But I want you to focus on the word became. The word became. The word became. The word became. He changed. He adapted. He moved from one state of existence and being, and he became another. He changed. Change is hard. Change is difficult. We're people of routines. We're people of patterns. We're people of comfort. We like doing things the same over and over and over and over. We, we 
so often tend to resist change. Somebody comes along and they suggest change. And you're like, I ain't doing it. I'm, I'm 26 years old. I ain't changing. Y'all are going, you're lying too. Okay. I'm 48 years old. I'm this, I've been this way my whole life. I'm, I'm not changing. Oh, you want me to go do that or be that? Not going to do it. Uh-uh. Change is hard. Change is difficult. But he did it. He became flesh, which means that the creator becomes a part of the created. He's not the created, but he steps into it. It's not enough for him to have a front row seat watching your life. He gets into your life. He gets involved. He gets into the, the mess of it all. The muck, the mire, the challenges, the difficulties. He changed. He adapted. He became one of us. There were times that he got hungry, just like you get hungry. He wept, he cried over, over sad events and circumstances, just like you do. He got tired, weary, weak, long days, long nights, difficult weeks. He got tired, he got weary. He, he had pressure, he experienced pressure, pressure in life. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he was pressed like the olives of those olive trees, trees in that olive grove, Gethsemane literally means wine or oil press. He felt pressure of life. He was tempted, challenged, and he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it. He could have stayed back and, and, and stayed on the front row seat, but, but he chose because there was a, a need. If there was going to be a change or a hope for us, he had to do it from that standpoint. But he changed. He became flesh, John says in verse 14, and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Change is hard. Yet change is the catalyst for personal growth. In your life and in my life, for us personally to grow, it requires some change. To be stretched out of our comfort zones. Have you ever had to make a difficult decision about your job? You stepped out in faith, maybe you changed jobs. Maybe something happened and, and you were in that situation, you were in that moment, and you had to move, and you had to make changes. Maybe you had to move your family. You've had to adapt. Maybe you've even have had to change churches. Make decisions in regards to your kids. Years ago, someone said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting what? Different results. Sometimes you've got to make big decisions in regards to your kids. 
you have to be willing to change. Change is the catalyst for personal growth. It stretches you. You wouldn't be who you are today if you hadn't have made changes in your life. But change is also necessary for you if God's going to use your life to be a blessing to somebody else. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul calls us to be and to do the same in loving others to Christ. In Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, Paul writes about Jesus. Again, this is, this is not just having the heart of, say, Paul who became weak, that he might win the weak, all things to all people, that he might save some. But his heart was actually fashioned after the heart of Christ. And he would write in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, he would write and he would say, Have this attitude, this disposition, this mindset. You say, but change is hard. Change is difficult. Embrace change. Embrace it. Accept it. Be willing to adapt. Even if you're 50 or you're 60 or you're 70, be willing to adapt and change. It is absolutely necessary for God to use your life. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he, he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, he didn't hang on to it. Where he was with the Father in his existence, from eternity past to eternity future, the eternal one, out of creation, front row seat, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped to, to be held on to. But he made a choice. He, he let go of that. And the scripture says in verse 7. But he emptied himself. Taking the form of a bondservant. We recall the words of Jesus when Jesus said. He said, hey listen. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And you say, but wait a minute. You're the eternal one. You are the creator. Everything has its being and existence in you. Therefore, everybody should worship you. Everybody should serve you. But he changed. He said, I didn't come here to be served, but I came to serve. I came to serve you. And he emptied himself of his divine prerogative of his own life, yielded to the Father, and served you. And he served me. And he was made in the likeness of men. Jesus changed. He adapted. He was flexible. And here's the deal. If God's going to continue to use our lives... We've got to have the same heart and the same mind. It's a very convicting message because it makes you kind of start paying attention to people than just ignoring people. 
It kind of makes you aware of people around you as opposed to just what you've got to get done. It might cause you to think about a neighbor that you've lived next to for 20 years, but you've never knocked on their door, you've never said hi, you don't even know your neighbor. It might call you to, to, to cause you to pay attention to, to a kid at school in the classroom, down the hallway. Somebody you've never paid attention to before in your life. It might cause you in, 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 into a ministry or to be a part of a ministry that, that is constantly changing and fluctuating. And we all know that sometimes church people can be the most resistant when it comes to change. To see things different, look at things different. Be willing to adapt, to be flexible, and to be what is needed for somebody else. And guess what? It might not even be the person at Walmart or at the gas station that God's saying, hey, listen, I need you to change for that person. It might be for the person who's sitting right next to you right now. Or the people under your own roof at home. Your own family. And your closest friends. To be what they need you to be for them. That God might use you to win them. And wouldn't it just be crazy to think that He would want to use our lives in the lives of all these other people but not the people who are closest to us if Jesus hadn't have changed and he hadn't have adapted there would be no reason for us to be here he thought of you that much all things to all people that I may by all means save some and I'll say this one thing before we wrap up to have this heart and to have this spirit may go against everything that's in us Especially when we pride ourselves in ourselves. Pride can be our biggest obstacle and challenge when it comes to us being what somebody else needs. Getting ourselves out of the way. So today I'm going to invite you just to stand with us this morning and thank you for your heart and your attention for worshiping God with your mind today to consider this message. All things to all people to save some.
And it doesn't always look the same. In one instance, Paul had Timothy. Jewish mother, Greek father. He had Timothy to be circumcised. To build bridges with a Jewish audience. So there would be no wall of division. He, he had him to do that on his second missionary journey. But then when it comes to Titus, when it came to the integrity of the gospel of grace, Paul said, no. T not Titus? No, not to go under the law. Saved by grace and grace alone. He would never compromise the, the integrity of the gospel of grace. But when it just simply came to meeting people where they were, all things to all people, whatever you need. 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 I will let Christ in me be through me. All things to all people, whatever they need. And I invite you to come along with me on a tremendous journey and adventure as a body and as a people who will always seek to be all things to all people, that by all means we might see some come, come to know faith and love in Christ. Come join me in this journey because I need your encouragement and I, I hope that you need mine to always be changing, adapting, adjusting. What do you need? What, what can I be for you? If I need to change how I preach, I will change how I preach. If I need to change how I interact, I'll change how I interact. If I need to change my routines, I'll change my routines. If I need to change my attitude, I'll change my attitude. What do you need? I want to be there for you. All things to all people. That by all means, we might save some. So bow with me and let's just spend a moment here just allowing the Spirit of God to speak into our lives.
is the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one you could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. Live for you. Jesus, thank you for being here with us today. You've done incredible things, Father. We know you're not going to stop now. We give you this week. We know that you go with us, Lord. And we continue to worship you as we leave this place. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.